People have been hunting birds since the dawn of time. They've been hunted for food, for feathers, and more recently for pleasure and sport. People hunt many different types of birds for many different reasons. And you are about to hear some of the stories behind these reasons. This is the GoHuntBirds.com podcast. And today is Friday, August the 18th, 2023. And this is the podcast for folks looking to learn, grow, excel at bird hunting. It's kind of through the uh, through the lens of my own eyes and my company and the things that I enjoy. And uh, I know I've been getting a pretty good following with this podcast and uh, I appreciate you listening. So today's uh, episode, I'm going to talk a little bit about investing versus consuming and uh how I kind of came along this topic. So I started hunting 20 years ago at the age of 21. And I didn't have a family that hunted. My father didn't hunt. I got into it with a bunch of friends. Um, we, you know, we were all kind of new at it as well. We made a lot of mistakes learning and growing, figuring shit out, trying to find the way to do things properly. So I didn't have YouTube videos to watch. There was no social media. We just kind of were going on you know, hey, this is going to work and let's try this and ask ask people and, and, you know, that kind of stuff. So anyway, so we had a good group of buddies, my buddy Andrew, who got me into hunting, uh, a buddy of mine, Adam, who I used to hunt with quite a bit, Noodle, who some of you have met, um, and of course my buddy John. So John was one of the original members of uh, the Go Hunt Birds Hunt Club all those years ago. Before we even started Go Hunt Birds, before we even had a brand, John and I uh, grew up together, good friend of mine. Uh, we lived together a couple times um, over our, our 20s. John eventually moved out to Victoria, British Columbia, got a job in the uh, in the military. John's love is fishing. You know, as much as he loves to hunt, he'd rather fish. And uh, so anyway, John got himself a really nice boat when he was out west. He since has made his way back to Ontario. And uh, so this past weekend, I went up to visit John and had a great time fishing with him, getting caught up. Uh, John and his wife had a little baby boy, got to meet his little guy. And, um, you know, it's interesting when uh, you become a father, you kind of start thinking about things a little differently and the legacy uh, that you're going to leave and that kind of stuff. So anyway, so driving up to see John, um, John's starting a fishing guiding business, uh, and he's going to try to do it similar to the way I run Go Hunt Birds where, uh, you know, he just wants to fish for fun and get out as much as he can. And, you know, he's going to try to use uh, the business part of uh, what he's doing to offset some of the costs. So uh, John bought himself a little nice little camp up in Jellicoe, Ontario. Uh, he's got this beautiful boat that he has uh, and uh, he knows Lake Nipigon pretty well. Lake, Lake Nipigon is one of the best fishing resources in Ontario. You can catch 
trophy lake trout, trophy brook trout, and uh, actually the world record brook trout was caught out of that lake many years ago. So, so I got to visit John, hang out with him, and uh, kind of give him some pointers on helping him uh, get this business set up. And he's hoping to be ready to rock by next spring, where he'll be doing uh, some curated events similar to the way I do things, having guys come up and fish over a few days and get some walleye fishing in and maybe even throw in some partridge hunting. If you've never been out to, uh, you know, west, you know, northwest in Ontario, it's fantastic up there. There's so much hunting and fishing opportunity. Uh, you know, just a great place. So, so yeah, so I spent a lot of time driving in that uh, trip. I mean, leaving Westmeath, Ontario, and driving up there from my house door to door. If you don't stop other than to get gas and maybe stretch your legs and take a leak or whatever, um, I was able to do it in 12 hours. You could probably do it a little longer and take your time but I just wanted to go I was by myself so jumped in the vehicle drove straight up there listened to a pile of podcasts on my way up and uh, one of the podcasts that I generally listen to on a regular basis is Ramsey Russell's Duck Season Somewhere and uh, I was listening to an episode and uh, yeah so they started talking about investing versus consuming in the duck hunting world and um you know, the uh, the interview guy, or the, the guest on the show, which is a guy, guy by the name of Brent Birch. And uh, he was talking about Delta Waterfowl and Ducks Unlimited and, you know, how, you know, if it wasn't for those two companies kind of reinvigorating conservation into duck hunting in the 1930s, there would be no duck hunting probably today. They, they keep people interested in it and kind of conserving you know and it really got me thinking like investing versus consuming like what do we do as an investor versus a consumer um and, and what am i and what are you and then and, and how does that play into you know my duck hunting and what i'm trying to do with go hunt birds and you know and uh, so yeah so you know the premise of the little portion of that podcast was just are you a hunter or you know are you a consumer or are you an investor and uh you know a consumer would be somebody that has real no investment in the resources other than their gear so they're you know all their fancy boats and their guns and their decoys and stuff but they really have no investment resources and habitat they don't own any land of their own they don't uh, lease any land of their own they have no investment in conservation organizations like du or delta they don't go to dinners they don't go to charity dinners they just expect duck hunting uh to provide meat for them and in opportunity and fun and not necessarily they don't necessarily understand the dynamics of what drives good decent or poor duck seasons they just want to get out there and shoot and hunt and and you know run around and and uh basically just shoot their guns you know and you know no disrespect to some of these younger hunters but i f i see a lot of that in the youth of, of our waterfowl circles like they're not the guys that are going to the dinners they're not the guys and, I, and i'm not saying everybody because i know there's a lot of young folks that are into this so you know but just they're not you know there's, there's a bit of a lack of mentorship there when it comes to you know, these older folks saying, uh, hey, you know, let's give back or let's not, you know, let, we don't have to shoot our limit today. Let's just get a couple, you know, and that's kind of the consumer. Um, you know, when you think of it from uh, a standpoint of investing, you know, an investor is going to be, uh, you know, being a hunter and investor, it's not about pouring all your money into gear and stuff, but maybe you're buying, you know, game cameras to monitor birds or maybe you're, uh, you know, you're, you're accessing land 
They're taking time to get into those hard to reach places so that you can hunt, but selectively hunt so you don't take all the birds. Maybe you're, uh, you know, letting fields rest or letting places rest, or you're not shooting your limits. But more importantly, you're investing in the future of bird hunting. You know, you're taking new people out hunting. You're taking your kids out. You're taking other people's kids out. And I sat with a fella yesterday and talked about uh, our youth mentorship hunt that we used to do. And uh, so he had, he has four kids. Two of them had gone through the program where we take kids hunting. And then since COVID, that program has since disbanded. And he was just so devastated because he's got two younger kids that are now licensed age of uh, wanting to get into hunting. And, and their older siblings were privy to that program. And now the two younger siblings can't get into that. And he's just like, man, I wish you guys were still doing that because my kids are just all into hunting and fishing and the younger kids want to get their licenses and we don't know where to go and it's such a changed world after COVID and you know he's like I want to invest in my kids to to further the time money and energy to to get them into hunting so um and so it just kind of made me think about you know what is it what is it we're doing to, that invests back into hunting and it's, that's been a huge 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 part of go hunt birds over the last 10 years is like we're not always doing things for today we're doing things for the future for the legacy and those who follow my brand know that you know and especially you know partially comes back into my career as a financial planner over the years um i'm all about legacy i'm all about future planning i'm all about it's not necessarily for me but it's for my kids grandkids if that makes sense to you so i do a lot of stuff with that in mind i'm not necessarily worried about the the benefit that it's going to give me or the immediate goal or gain, you know, and if you put it into more layman's terms, I, you know, I'm playing chess where a lot of people are playing checkers, if that makes sense to you. So, um, so yeah, investing versus consumer. What are you, what, what, what are you doing in your duck hunting lives? You know, in your world, are you, uh, you helping give back or are you just taking, or are you, um, just going out there and shooting your limit and, you know, more concerned about your own self as opposed to the uh, overall wealth of the duck hunting masses. Because, I mean, to be honest with you, there's not a lot of duck hunters in Canada. You know, less than 100, and there's probably less than 100,000 waterfowl hunters that live in Canada. I don't know the exact stats, but uh, it's awful close to that. And uh, I know in the States, you know, you think there's a ton down there, but there's really, there's about a million, you know, again, you think of a country the size of the United States, there's only about a million people that duck hunt. It's not a lot of people, you know, so we're the ones that are going to have to make sure that this sport continues to grow and, you know, succeed in with organizations like Delta Waterfowl or Ducks Unlimited, like partnering up with them and donating to them and supporting them and going to those dinners, um, that all helps. And so I, I alluded to the guy with the four kids earlier in my story and, uh, so he is a, uh, Ducks Unlimited chapter president, and he runs an event. When I was sitting chat with him the other day, he sold me one of the Ducks Unlimited calendars, 50 bucks. You know, there's 50 bucks that goes towards conservation in my mind. Um, I want to support those organizations that are putting back and giving back into the thing that I love, which is duck hunting. So, so you know, so going back to John, you know, John and I are sitting out on his deck and we're, you know, strategizing about his business and telling him, the, you know, the failures and successes of the business that I have. And, you know, he's just kept saying, he's like, I just want to grow this business for my son. I just want to make sure that my son has a camp to go to. And I want to make sure my son learns how to fish. And, you know, John's only a six or seven week old father. And he's already flipped that mind switch for, it's not about me anymore. It's about my, my legacy and the longevity of what I'm trying to grow. So... 
And so we're sitting out on the deck and we're having a, a nice glass of whiskey that John brought out. He buys the uh, Art of the Blend series whiskey every year from Forty Creek. And so he had bought a bottle of the Winter Harvest and uh, beautiful whiskey. Sat and had probably half a bottle. Him and I and his wife came out and uh, sat and joined with us for a bit and just chatted about life and, you know, the significance of things like that bottle of whiskey. And he goes, you know, I'm going to start buying one of these bottles every year and I'm going to put a bottle away for my son. I'm like, man, that's a great idea. He's like, yeah. He's like, this is my favorite whiskey. They come out with this series once a year. I'm going to buy a bottle of it for myself to try. And I'm going to buy a second bottle and it's going to tuck it away for, for his son. And I'm like, man, that's a cool thing. And then we talked about he had got a bottle of 42-year-old whiskey for his birthday from another friend. And we each shared a small little glass of that. And he's like, this is a special bottle that I'm only going to share with special people on special occasions. One of these occasions being you come up here to visit me. He goes, you know, it's so great to have uh, great friends and, uh, you know, lifelong friends and guys that kind of have the same mindset and enjoy a lot of the same things. And, you know, I got thinking too on my way home. I'm like, man, like, you know, that I'll, so, so I came home and started researching and was able to track down and buy a couple of bottles of this winter, winter harvest whiskey. And so I'm going to make sure that when John comes to visit me, I'm going to have a bottle of that on hand for him to enjoy when he comes to visit at my place. And that's, again, like part of my offering and part of what I love to do is host. When the people come to visit me, I want to make sure that their their experience is memorable. And um, little things like having that favorite drink of your buddies that you know. And, you, and, and, and so I was just thinking on my drive home, I'm like, every single time I see a bottle of Crown Royal Apple Whiskey, I think of Ronnie. You know, Ron liked that whiskey. He'd sit and sip it. He'd sit and have a cigar and smoke and drink that apple whiskey. And uh, I find it a little sweet. It is a good whiskey, but I just, I find those flavored whiskeys a little sweet. They're good as a little dessert or they're good as a, you know, a, a little taste. But, you know, that was Ron's favorite. And I have, I keep a bottle of it at my house here. Actually, probably a couple of bottles. There's a couple of bottles of it at the garage. There's a couple of bottles at the camp. And, you know, when I keep that, it's because I keep it for Ronnie. Uh, you know, I know he's never coming back, but I can sit and have a little sip of that and think about him and, you know, enjoy and enjoy those memories I had with Ron and the legacy that he left for my company. And, you know, it's, uh, there was a guy that invested, you know, before Ron passed away, he invested in our company. He made sure that the, the legacy that he left behind is going to ensure that the future people get into bird hunting. And, and that was kind of the things we talked about on a regular basis. Like, you know, don't just take back, you know, we, we'd often hunt where we would never get to our full limits because we just, we're just so happy to be hunting together and we just say, hey, you know what, let's, let's pack it up early and go have breakfast. And it wasn't about the hunting. Ron would go to the Delta dinners and, and invest money and spend time. And when, you know, when Ron passed away and we cleaned out his house, we found all kinds of stuff that he had bought, you know, that he didn't need, obviously, you know, he had dozens of knives and dozens of, you know, pictures and prints and statues and stuff that he bought just because he knew that what he was doing was giving back to the thing he loved, which was bird hunting. So, so kind of in closing here, as, as it comes up to the close, you know, as it comes close to the season coming up, you, you know, obviously we're all going out there to shoot birds and have fun and put me in the freezer. But think for a minute, are you an investor in this sport, this hobby? Or are you just a consumer? Are you just going out there to get your birds and go home? You know, are you all take with no little, no give, or are you somebody who's giving back? And, uh, like I said, less than a hundred thousand waterfowl hunters in Canada, 
And if we each took the time to take one person out and show them how they can get their waterfowl stamp at the post office and bring them out on a hunt and make, you know, let them join into the ranks of the waterfowl brotherhood and sisterhood. And it would be pretty cool to be sitting here this time next year and say that there's 200,000 waterfowl hunters in Canada. And to know that you had a part in that because you invested in the thing that you love and you shared it with the people that uh, may have never had a chance to do things otherwise. So, And that's uh, that's what I'm about. That's the investment for the longevity of duck hunting that we want to do at Go Hunt Birds. It's why we do this podcast. It's why I have this company. It's not about making money. It's about taking what I'm able to generate to turn around and invest it back into bird hunting. And I plan to do that the entirety of my life. I don't plan on stopping this. I don't plan on shutting down or going out of business. I, I'm doing things for the long term, you know, and uh, I want to make sure that when I'm dead and gone, people can sit up, you know, and talk about me and my company and say, man, that guy did a lot for bird hunting. That guy was a real investor in bird hunting. And uh, I challenge you to do the same, you know, invest in uh, the thing you love. If you listen to this podcast, I would imagine that you probably love bird hunting or you're trying to get into bird hunting or you, whatever the reason is that you decide you want to listen to this. It's something that you love. So, so take the time to invest in it. So that's it. A um, couple of quick housekeeping items. We're doing our sticker draw for our new sticker that we put out. We have a hundred stickers. You can buy them on the website. They're 20 bucks a piece. I'll uh, ship one out to you if you, have, if you buy one. Once we sell all 100, we're going to do a draw for a couple boxes of Kent Fast Steel Plus ammo, a couple of nice cigars, uh, a couple of hats, uh, a couple of Yeti mugs, and of course you're going to take a friend and, uh, you know, your husband, wife, spouse, kid, I don't care who it is, and you're going to come join me here at the at the house in Westmeath for a hunt, come have dinner, stay overnight, get up, hunt the next day, and, um, you know, I want to give back, I want to, I want to take someone out and, and show them a good time so uh, again that's already over half sold out as of the time this airs so yeah and um duck camp x is coming up it is sold out we do have another event uh, earlier in september that there's still a couple of spots for if somebody wants to get in on some early goose season hunting we have an event on september 7th 8th 9th and 10th and uh there are still a couple spots for our ladies weekend available so if you're interested in joining me in the blind this fall, getting up here to the house and uh, hanging out and uh, checking out the sunsets and shooting a few birds and, and giving back to bird hunting, um, come on out. Give me a shout. Fire me an email. Send me a text. Give me a message on Instagram. doesn't matter how you reach out. I just want to hear from people that bird hunt. And uh, hopefully we can all invest in this sport together. Have a great weekend. Cheers. Thank you.